I see you, James. And I see you as well, sir. I also see your VHS collection back and behind you. That's What's right. What's this EST movie? EST. Eastern Standard Time? Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a skate video. And oh, hell yeah, dude. It, yeah, that's exactly what it stands for because it's all like, you know, New York, um, D.C., Richmond skateboarding. Exactly. This brings up a question that I was talking to Nicole and I was like, I wonder if this exists. What is the pinnacle like beautifully shot cinematography wise skate video were there any shot on film absolutely yeah most Whoa. of most of them were shot on film but they none of them get wide release i, I could name you like a hundred i guess i'll have that was something we have to say off air but um i'll say the um I mean, I hate to <laughs> to plug something corporate, but the DC video, which is simply called the DC video, was shot mm-hmm. on high def film. It was done professionally, and they put a they sank a lot of money into it. And um, Atiba Jefferson and his brother Aiko Jefferson did a lot of the photography for it, and they're like well known as like some of the best like not just skate. They got their start in skateboard videos, but now they do you know, movies and videos and TV Mm -hmm. and stuff. And it's so beautifully shot. It's great. I mean, it's super corporate because it's DC. So it's like sponsor, sponsor, sponsor. But if you look back at some of the older stuff that they were doing in the eighties, I mean, everything was shot on like high eight definition film and they make, they make a point to put out good videos. The one, the best one I have, uh, (laughs) would be this one. Which is really low shot on some shitty, like, grainy tape. It's called Cash Money Vagrant. And uh, this team is just a bunch of dirtbags, basically. John Cardiel, Frank Gerwer, uh, Tony Trujillo, uh, Julian Stranger. I mean, they're just a bunch of hardcore guys, and it's shot with a hardcore soundtrack and grainy video. And it's just, it's the I think it's the best video that I have visually. <laughs> I, I got two things on that. One... You can't say it's sponsor, sponsor, sponsor for this specific. All of the videos, for the most part, are like, hey, man, it's the Girl Skate tape. It's the uh, Zero. Like, they're all pretty corporate-y. DC takes it to the next level. Like, all the ramps are like these professional painted DC ramps with their logo professionally centered in the middle of the screen. Um, Okay, at least it's not, hey, it's Taco Bell branded. They're not throwing (laughs) other things in there. Yes, pray, sir. That that is correct. What was your other thing? You said you had two things. Yep. So is there a streaming service that has just skate videos? That's should be something. Yeah, it should be. I don't know. Um, Instagram, I think is what they call it. TikTok, that's what they call it. <laughs> I mean, no, but I mean, my feed you know, is hey, full of skate skate stuff. So three ninety nine a month, we get to watch all of this stuff because you wouldn't think wrestling, professional wrestling, would have all the indie stuff in one place, but they do. But I think it's also UFC and boxing is all thrown in there, so you could get BMX, You're skating, right. yeah, snowboarding, throw it all on a streaming service. I think you're right. I mean, I got a friend, Bernie, like two of these videos up here are his because he's a filmer and a video videographer Whoa. as well. So I should throw that idea to him, man. He's definitely a self-starter. Or, <laughs> because Tubi TV has so yeah. much indie stuff. Throw them all on Tubi TV. They're, they probably are. 
Yeah, you're probably right. I've I've never even researched that. I've kind of uh, I don't want to say I've grown out of watching skate videos and skate DVDs, but I haven't bought one since probably the DC is probably the the most recent <laughs> one I bought because it's just simply not something I I don't know just grown out of it. I guess not Was, appealing anymore. Did Batman <laughs> kick flip into a Christ air on that DC one? <laughs> He should have, man. He jumped, he ollied over a shark. You know how it goes. Hell yeah. <laughs> hey, I um, I don't know if we have permission to actually play the gift theme song, but I think we got some gifts this week, don't we, James? Oh, we do. <laughs> Can we play the gift theme song or is that stealing from another podcast? I think we, I don't know. <laughs> Howard might not mind. Go for it. I'm going to do it. Here we go. Gifts. <laughs> we got some gifts. We got All right, James. Gifts. Yeah, you, yeah, you go ahead. Gifts. I went do and we I saw a package. You. I was expecting something from you. UPS, but they said, we couldn't deliver it. You weren't there. And it's like, you mm-hmm. did not try. You absolutely <laughs> did not try, guys. Because I would have heard the bzzz. And if I was recording during the time, guess what? The microphone would have picked up the yeah. bzzz. So get out of here, UPS. You could, you unless you try different uh, apartments and just hit them all. You'll find someone. Also, there is a sign that says, hey, uh, if you can't deliver, try these steps and then they will be able to be delivered. So, yeah, same here, too, man. They like it's obvious that they don't even try to deliver it. They do the same thing at our house, too, all the time. So I'm sorry. You, but that was scheduled to arrive on Saturday. And here it is Thursday, two days early. So hell yeah, USPS. Well, th- well, that was UPS that was trying to deliver a package. And then oh, I see. This, I, when I looked for the package, I was like, oh, it did come. And then I was like, wait a second. Steve Barnes just sent this out. How is it already here? It's media mail, too, which usually they take their time with the media mail. But, I mean, it got there in two days, three days. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> in a very big box. Okay, I'm, I'm opening. I opened up one. What's this? What's this? What's he got on top there? It is the world of Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time. (laughs) Yes, and I've got tabs on there. The yellow tabs signify a god-awful picture, and the orange tabs signify a pretty cool picture. So I've got all the tabs in there, so you can see what my opinion is on some of those pictures. I don't know if you want to grab one and share verbally with us what you got. Yeah, I got some of the tabs are falling out. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, I don't, this isn't god awful. What do you, you got? You have an Oborum Roars, you know, a snake eating mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. It's that. It, it's on a cool background. Maybe it's because I have my aggressive blue blockers on. Maybe that's shielding how bad this looks, but it says the wheel and the power. It's on a. <sighs> A, yeah. a sailor. It makes it seem nautical. It makes it seem like the Wheel of Time is all about coasting the seven seas. Maybe it's a one piece ripoff. Yeah, I just don't like the aesthetic of that of that particular design, which is probably why I made that yellow. What else you got? Now this is like a wispy willow guy right here. It's a <laughs> the green man. <laughs> yeah, it's the green man. That's looking good, and then. Maybe the Aes Sedai in something you would see at Art Prize in Grand Rapids, Michigan. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you got that. I'm liking this, dude. Good. Yeah. Well, good. I, I mean, I looked through it once. I read the text, it, you know, so I'm, it's, it's yours now to, 
to flip or to keep or to gift or whatever you want to do with. Uh, why? Robert Jordan has come to dominate the world Tolkien began to reveal. <laughs> that what? They're not the same author. It's not the same world. No joke. They got to put some drama into everything like it's a like it's a dick swinging contest between the fantasy guys. All right, now I'm I'm I pulled out milk and cheese. Yes, Evan Dorkin's Milk and Cheese, um the the entire run 1 through 6. I don't even don't even know if you'd like it. It's just it reminds me of Sam and Max, the way you describe it reminds me of milk and cheese. And I just think you would appreciate it. And I believe they're like original first editions. Again, do whatever you want with them. They're yours now. Whoa. And it's SLG. I enjoy them. They put out Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. That's right. Yep. They also, um, you know, Evan Dorkin is, I'm pretty sure he's still um, married to Sarah Dyer, who did Action Girl comics. Do you, are you familiar with Action Girl? Uh, the, the Sarah Dyer reminds me of something. She she's moved on to a, like I think she either works for Cartoon Network or Boomerang or something along those lines. Now, um, you might want to look her up. But yeah, she and Evan Dorkin are just like a a power you know underground comic team, and they've I pretty much love everything that either one of them have done. And the milk and cheese, I just thought you know you would appreciate it. I'm looking to see what they're currently working on. Uh, Shin Chan, they, the, oh, oh, hell yeah, they, they did Shin Chan, they, the English language version of that, Superman the Animated Series, and, uh, yeah, still the, uh, wrote for Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Yick, yick. Okay, so yeah, that, <laughs> I, I that probably must... hear her because of things like that. That must have been where I found out about them, too, is like when I was really into Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, me and my friend Sam were like really into it. So we would like look at all like the names and the credits and like look up other stuff that they had done. So I'm sure that's how I became aware of Sarah Dyer and then Evan Dorkin by proxy. Um, but yeah, there's one more thing in that box, too. We have Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue Titanium Ranger Curse <laughs> of the Cobra on VHS. It's a full length feature, is it? Yep. I've had to watch that thing about two dozen times. Um, unfortunately, uh, Zoe Robbins is not in this <laughs> reiteration of Power Rangers. This was way before her time. But yeah, I figured it would be better in James's hands than mine because it might actually get watched again. Wait, there, there might. Is there another thing in here? Or no, is this just cardboard? There shouldn't be. I think just cardboard to even it's it out. It's just cardboard. I don't write notes. I don't do nothing like that. I don't give cards. <laughs> but th- thank you so much, man. Th- that's a, a haul of it if, it, if you will. Wow, James. <laughs> I was thinking, like, it's like, at first I was thinking, it's, like, it's as if I gave James, like, a $50 gift card to a comic book shop. But then I was Pretty like, much. no, it's even, it's even more specific than that. It's like, as if I gave James a $50 gift card to a comic shop and then told him exactly what to buy with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's how that one went. And speaking of comic book shops, I gave you some books there. Do you have any uh, books to share this week, James? Just been reading more of The Radioactive Man. I'm enjoying it. It's good. I, I do not have Radioactive Man. I went upstairs and looked, and I don't have that in my collection anymore. It already got let go, unfortunately. I need to start reading more of the Sam and Max stuff because... 
one of the episodes, Bad Day at the Moon, I believe is it's what it's called. That's the next one we'll be doing on Death from Above over on Patreon.com forward slash MLM pod. But <laughs> it's that storyline is taken directly from one of the comic book issues. So I want to be able to come to the episode and say, like, here's some differences and similarities. Are they one for cool. one? Were there was there adult content that had to be taken out? Things of that ilk. Yeah, good call. I think I think the Sam and Max angle was good because I don't think you have a whole lot of competition out there with other Sam and Max like recap podcasts. You might have a few out there, but I mean, it's a it's great to try to jump on something that nobody else has the market on. Like me with this Wheel of Time podcast, it was a really bad idea. There's like 120 other Wheel of Time recap podcasts out there, but, but none of like them ours. feature none of them feature you know Intravoid and Marshland Monster though. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. definitely got the angle on that. But the, you know, I mean, it's a it's a well tread top topic, I should say. The only Sam and Max content that I usually see is on YouTube and always discussing the games, never the cartoon show, ah. and rarely the comics. Yeah, I think once you do the game, like once you do that podcast, that would be a really good one to push out there to the to the general public, to John PQ. So like, you know, that would be a, a good starting point because mm-hmm. it is more popular. So therefore, you might have more eyeballs on that, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Hey, um, I wanted to get into a little bit of feedback before we talk about the bands this week. Um, I put some notes out there to some listeners, you know, have you seen episode eight um, of the wheel of time? What do you think about it? And I I had a few people get back with me. I had um, Anna and Christine, but their comments were more based on the tail end of episode eight. So I'll read Mm -hmm. their comments next week, but this week um, let's see. Najara gave their comments. Let me go to my screenshots here. They said it was a great season because you had to wait every week for each episode. The anticipation was awesome. That's what I'm making you do. So I agree (laughs) with Najara there. Um, I was a bit upset with the last episode due to COVID as there was a lockdown. Not many people extras. It wasn't as filled out as some other episodes. I'm glad the TV show exists so that I could see it after reading the books. I've been reading these books I read these books as a teen. Um, I'm on my second read now and finding lots of Easter eggs since lockdown. Um, it's cool that I found this community. I really love it. Thank you, Najara. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's exactly what we're supposed to do is watch this show, like it. And then if you're a book reader, go read the books. And if you've already read the books, go read them again because you'll pick up stuff that you didn't pick up the first time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, thanks. That's all I'll read for this week. Uh, I wanted to go right into our band corner. If I'm not even going to ask if I may, I may. I'm giving myself permission. Good job, Steve. Pat myself on the back. Um, we're listening to Spiral Fracture this week. Excuse me, James. <laughs> this happens almost every week where I get ready to talk about a band and then I have to refer to my notes suddenly because I'm like, ah, I got everything memorized. I don't need to go back to my notes for any of this stuff because I know these guys first off. So I shouldn't have to refer to notes for anything because, you know, guess what? Guess, guess what city this band is from, James? Just take a wild guess. D.C. No. 
Hmm, that's From a, Richmond. <laughs> Richmond, Virginia. Wow. Your second guess. That, that's amazing. Out of all the cities in America, in the world for that matter, thousands. Mm-hmm. You got it right. But yeah, <laughs> here we are with Spiral Fracture. Uh, I'm going to play two of their songs back to back because that's what I'm doing from now on. Last week, we just featured Evil Kim Evil. This week, we're just going to feature Spiral Fracture. Um, I'm late to the game with these guys. I was friends with Brian Fisher when we were little, like when we were like, I believe, middle school kids, maybe high school, but probably middle school dorks. Uh, then we, you know, kind of grew apart, went different ways. And then here we are. Both of us are in Richmond. Both of us are on this very episode of this podcast, Brian and myself. That's a really strange coincidence. But, you know, we're both into the same things still after all these years. So it's great to reconnect with him. And uh, he's in this great band that, like I said, I slept on for too long. But now that I've found them, I love them. It's like progressive, like metal. Uh, I wouldn't want to say thrash metal, but it's top notch. It was way more than I expected to hear when I put this on. And at first I listened to their first album. They had a different singer then. And I was like, damn, this shit kicks ass. And then I like, I, I let their singer know that I loved it. And, and he was like, oh, that's not me. That's, um, that's our other singer. Let me send you some of the new stuff with me singing. And it was like even better. I mean, that's like, they've improved just since like the time they put out that album, which was like maybe like a year and a half old, but they play all over the place. And guess what? They're playing down the road here at another round bar and grill. This this coming up Saturday night, as a matter of fact, if you're listening to this right now, is this coming up Saturday. So I'll probably see you there. But let's play two songs. The first one's going to be Abomination, 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 <laughs> Abomination. Like, hell yeah, Barack Obama. They wrote a song about Obama. That's cool. They're probably going to hate that I said that. Abomination. And then the second song is called Battle Cry. That's what they're going to do when they're like, hey, Steve said Abomination. They're going to do a battle cry and kick my ass. So, yes, you're not allowed to fast forward, listener. I mean, if you wanted to, you could hit the fast forward button like eight times. But until we get back to talking, but you do not want to do that. I know that like in the past, I've allowed people to get away with that kind of thing, like fast forwarding through the songs or whatever. But not anymore. I've got I've got a tracker bug on this. So if you try to fast forward through Spiral Fracture, it's just it's going to send a direct message right to them and they'll give you a spiral frac a spi- a spinal that's um <laughs> that's rude do not send it to the band <laughs> no that's what i'm saying they're waiting they're like they're waiting right now like these they people better listen it. to this shit because if they fast forward we're going to fracture them <laughs> they requested this um no, I mean, I figured they probably would request this. So no, I went ahead don't. and preemptively did that for them. Don't. That would be like if, if <laughs> hey, guys, well, you're listening to Mostly Speaking Sentai. We are going to give Steve Barnes an alert of every time you just skipped his episode. You'd be like, wow, that's really mean. I don't want to be reminded that people aren't interested in me. It's it's so that I can go to that person's house personally and like give them a second chance to listen to it by tying them to a chair and then forcing the headphones on their head and yeah, like, the, look, you enjoy this, right? Yes. Send it to yourself, <laughs> not the band. <laughs> well, anyway, let's hear some rock and then we'll come back and talk about Wheel of Time. Okay. <laughs>
We're back. Thank you, Spiral Fracture. No notifications, not to anybody. We're just going to calmly listen to the podcast and everybody's going to keep their cool. <laughs> so yeah, we're here we are. This is episode 17 of Sweet Child of Time, but we are talking about the finale of Wheel of Time. This episode is called Eye of the World. Another <clears throat> Wheel of Time recap podcast when they recapped episode eight. James, it was a seven hour long podcast of their recap of episode eight. <laughs> Do you think we can beat their record? <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll beat the record by being the shortest recap. <laughs> no joke. I, I, they were doing a lot of book comparisons and stuff and talking about what was left out. And that. so, of course, that can lead to a lot more conversation, which is you know, why I like to kind of keep it simple, keep it on track. Just talk about the show we're watching instead of, you know, harp. You know, yeah, you get the point, right? I, if a podcast is over three and a half hours long, cut it up, guys. There's, <laughs> there's, especially if you're sitting down for seven and a half hours, that's a full work day. That I think that is what they do for work. So, I mean, I think it was all part of a day's work. They're, you know, professional recappers. Damn. I, yeah, I, I want their job too. But yeah, we start out this episode uh, 3,000 years in the past. We see Luz Theron Telemann. Finally, we get to see somebody that we know from the books. <laughs> um, and he's talking with Latra. And you caught the gist, I'm sure, James, that they're both Aes Sedai. That's odd, right? That there's dudes, mm -hmm. they were Aes Sedai. And he's talking about, yeah, we can just capture this dark one and imprison him, um, which we know that is Indeed, where the Dark One is now in the prison that Luz Theron tell him and put him in. But yeah, his eyes, I mean, his um, Armorill and Seat wife doesn't like that idea. She's not going to be part of that. So he had to branch off and do that himself. And she was like, you're risking like tainting the source for men. Like if the if you do this, then any man who touches a source is going to go bad from now on. And he was like, we're doing this for the future. And so he went ahead and did it, obviously. <laughs> and then he looked at his baby and then he looked out the window and it looked like Star Wars. Dude. Um, I, I wrote down it was sci-fi 3000 years yes. ago. Like. Star Wars or like Yogi's Space Race. <laughs> yes. When you read the Wheel of Time books and they talk about crap that happened thousands of years ago, they talk about things such as like cars, aeroplanes, like mass mm -hmm. transit, um, immunicate, uh, immunizations. But, you know, these they describe them in ways that you know what they're talking about, but to the people that are describing it, it's baffling. Like, you know, yeah. how could you have a carriage without a horse pulling it? <laughs> it makes no sense. Um, it's like in Adventure Time, how uh, in later season, spoilers for anyone who hasn't <laughs> at least gotten to season five, uh, you start realizing, oh, there are weird, vi like in quotes, vintage and retro things sprinkled about the world because this is a post-apocalyptic world. But like right. so, 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 so far after the apocalypse that it no longer feels post-apocalyptic. There's life on Earth, but there's still all this weird shit going on. The Wheel of Time writers must have seen Adventure Time and copied <laughs> because or that's exactly the, the deal here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's why we see all these stone structures and these statues buried in the mud and 
you know, these cities are deserted and like the city that you, that he just looked out the window and you saw the spaceships flying around or not spaceships, but the cars. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's the exact same city that they show in the very first episode. And it's just a bunch of spires and just burnt down pieces of shit. Um, so yeah, it's exactly like adventure time. I like that. (laughs) So yeah, did you have anything to add about that, that scene? Are we going to move on to Randon Moraine? Nope. Let's go. Alrighty. So yeah, we're just going to focus on Rand and Moraine until we run out of visuals because you watched, I already watched the whole episode. I went ahead and watched the whole thing, but did you watch beyond a half an hour? No, I did not. I stopped it wherever you had it stopped at, like 28 minutes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, they have to go into the blight. Uh, Moraine explains a little more about the blight and how it's because the dark one is in prison there. It's like spreading more and more every day. I don't know if you caught that, but she explains at some points like, you know, three years ago or 40 years ago, like this was fine. And now it's like this. And mm-hmm. uh, let's they see I, like a. Yeah, go ahead. I was kind of disappointed with how the blight looked. I wanted there to be a thicker canopy. So it was darker in there. Instead, it's just it, get some leaves blight. <laughs> OK, this would be a fantastic time. To close my book and tell you this, James, um, COVID really screwed up episode seven and eight, and they had a completely different set. They had like on-site sets for the blight that they mm. were doing, and they were not able to use them. They had to instead Damn. completely CGI it on the fly, and yeah, you know, that's why episode seven and episode eight, the tone of it, and just a lot of things are different because of COVID. We don't see, you know, Matt in any of these episodes um you know matt at this time the the actor who played matt you know went home for covid and then never came back um he mysteriously decided not yeah it was mysteriously because nobody knows why he made that decision the cast and crew and himself don't talk about it i probably have already talked about this on the podcast but i mean he deleted all his social media which i loved following barney harris the guy who played matt on instagram because he would he would sit in his room while they were filming uh, in his hotel room, that is, and like play songs on the acoustic guitar and sing and then post like stories, post videos. He was, you know, real like impressionable person. All that's gone now. He completely deleted everything and he's gone from everything. And oh, he's t- not coming back to the show. No. Anytime they have like a reunion, he's never there. When they went to the awards circuit, he was not there. Donald Finn is going to be portraying Matt going forward. And Donald Whoa. Finn is from The Witcher. But for some reason, another reason is they did not, they have not invited him to like, there was a circuit just last night. Um, I, I don't know what date it is, but this is like May in the late teens. There was a thing last night that Amazon did and Donald Finn was not there. The, everybody else from the cast and crew was present and like their, you know, street clothes, not street clothes, their fancy red carpet clothes. And yeah, no Donald Finn, uh, no clue why. Um, it was not spoken about except in the comments section, of course. <laughs> but um, yeah, so Barney Harris will not be portraying Matt anymore. So that's why the blight doesn't look as great as it should. That's why these last few episodes aren't quite as spectacular as they could be because they lost all their sets. I, I, I'm fine with it, though. It's yeah. still yeah. like that was just a jokey thing I said. 
Well, but, yeah, but a lot of people said that. <laughs> yeah, but I was because remember last episode I said I wish I had a cabin in the middle of the blight. Yeah. If there's still that sun peeking through, I don't want the cabin there. I want it to be like a Grimm's fairy tale type forest and be cool, relax, uh eat children that are made out of candy. <laughs> You could eat these. Remember, Moraine like points out the the dead person there, and like, yeah, it's just a kid that seeking too much adventure. The blight mm-hmm, got him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be that'd be part of you. You could like lure those young adventurous men in, and then I guess feast on them. Is that what you're implying? Well, I was <laughs> going with a Hansel and Gretel storyline. That's right. Always in my head, if like the Hansel and Gretel home in, in your some head. cartoon variations, a perfect cabin. <laughs> Minus the witch who eats children. You're right. You're absolutely right. I like how Moraine is like, um, she's like, it's a young man who's in over his head. And then she cuts a look at Rand as if to say like, as if to imply that he also is like a foolish young man in over his head. But like, kind of like I took that as like, she's kind of placing the blame on Rand. And it it reminded me of (laughs) when like when I was a kid and I remember my mom taking me to some kind of like event that I was supposed to participate in, but I had like zero interest in doing so. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, you have to act like you want to be here. You have to, you know, want to be here. And I'm like, but you brought me here. I didn't want to be here. Why do you expect me to want to be here? (laughs) I would, I take that more as Meringue saying, oh, is he a young boy in over his head? Like, am I forcing this person to do this who isn't actually ready mm, and kind mm-hmm. of more so putting the blame on her, but also, but not saying like, oh, this is my fault of bringing him here. This is my fault for saying that he could come here and do this incredible feat. Yeah, as usual, I like your perspective better than mine. <laughs> uh, they they cruise past the uh, the seven towers of Malakir. You remember we saw Lan pray into those seven towers, and that would be his kingdom if he was if the blight wasn't there and all this crap wasn't going down. That would be Lan's kingdom right there. So, look, I don't like how Moraine was just kind of like, yeah, that's a towers of Malakir. Yep. And Rand was like, that's where Land's from. Land's from there. And she's like, yep. <laughs> I'm like, if I went to like Muskegon and like I like saw like a landmark that I knew that you had talked about on a podcast, I would take a picture of it. I'd be like, oh, this is cool. Like, this is what he talked about. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to share this. But Moraine was just kind of like, yeah, that's just some shitty city. Who cares? I'm like, Before- take a picture of it, dude. Come on. Before COVID... I wanted to get a bunch of MLM pod people like all of us go to Muskegon for like a weekend and me kind of give a tour of like, here's this, here's this. And then, of course, go to Michigan's Adventure because that's a a big thing to do in Muskegon. Really the only thing to do in Muskegon of any fun. So that that sounds awesome. I fantasize about doing such, but then I'm like, I think the only person interested in that is myself. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm interested. I don't know shit. Well, um, Chris Gethard used to do that mm-hmm. at at UCB because he was a he would go up and tell these stories of this crazy shit he used to do, and he ended up building a fan base 
uh, of just people who are like, yeah, Chris Gethard, he's fucking nuts. So much so that someone was like, what if we rent a, a, like a charter bus and you bring us to all these places that you talk about? And he's like, okay and one of the things he's like yeah i went down into the basement and showed them like the mattress i lost my virginity on and they enjoyed it and i was like why are they like this super fans i guess just fans like i mean yeah your average joe who's a fan likes to see a visual and like i was in the spot where it happened Mm -hmm. i remember chris told a story about this on the podcast and the story was hilarious Mm -hmm. and this is where it happened in this little shitty room that's funny as shit and we're doing a tour i think the i think every aspect of that is funny Mm -hmm. and great actually not not to say that i would take part on that tour but it sounds interesting to me anyway. Here's places I would take people. It, it would be the the swing sets where as a teen I was utterly depressed and would just swing for like three hours while listening to music. The, the school that I went to, the like place Nicole and I met, mm-hmm. the rendezvous even though it's no longer a place – uh, that the street corner where three of my friends died in a car crash, uh-huh. things of that ilk and be like, hey, here's this, here's this. These are stories I tell. And then, oh, baby, of course, we're going to Michigan's Adventure. It's two parks <laughs> for the price of one. <laughs> you know, I take Charlotte on that tour like almost every day. And she's sick of that tour because mm-hmm. <laughs> and directly across the street is where one of my best friends died in a car crash as well. Mm -hmm. And I have told her that story. Like, yeah, that turn right there, that ravine, you know, he went down and died right there. And I think I told her, um, maybe too many of those types of stories because she was like, how come all your friends are dead? (laughs) I'm like, well, I guess poor choices. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. all I could tell her was like, in every situation, it's poor choices. I don't think any of my, well, no, there are some that have passed away naturally, but generally poor choices. (laughs) You don't end like a a guilt tripping mother ends stories of saying, and that's why you don't drink and drive. And that's why you don't (laughs) accept a hitchhiker, things of that ilk. No, because if you add that addendum add that tag onto the back of any um it all it does is just uh it shuts down whoever you're talking to so you have to insinuate these things not Mm. actually spell it out uh point blank because you know that that automatically gets tuned out (laughs) you know yeah i guess i mean that's 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 just my perspective i i would rather show than tell um Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah, <laughs> let's go back to Wheel of Time. Um, Rand uh, starts having a dream. Um, and I like this scene a whole lot. Um, first thing that happens is Moraine gets stabbed right on through in his dream. And he gets to shoot an arrow through the head of the Dark One. Because when yeah. we're talking to this guy, that's what it says in the closed captioning. And when you look at the credits, he's credited as... The Dark One, like he is it. It's not one of the Dark One's minions or Forsaken or anyone. This is the dude, or at least that's what he's telling us. Um, seems super chill. Um, yeah, and when he <laughs> went, before he got the arrow shot in and he pushed it through, he had he was looking kind of like Eddie. Yes, Eddie from Iron Maiden. I agree. Just need some mm-hmm. long hair, and that's it. And then 
guess what? He's in like a maestro outfit. Yeah. And then he's handsome as fuck. He's very handsome. He's got that nice beard. He's got a great hairstyle. That's what I was thinking too. Like everything we're seeing is like a choice. It's not like, you know, this is how my beard grows. This is how my hair is. Cause mm-hmm. he could make his face look any way he wants. I assume. Right. Cause he yeah. was able to have that scarecrow scary face. So I like the choice he made. I thought he was a damn good looking guy too. <laughs> he was think devil's advocate El Pacino. That's kind of the vibe yeah. he was given off. I like the fact that he told Rand, you know, what does it matter if you're dreaming? Because we're right here. Let's talk. Um, Rand went through the whole, just bad bad direction choices, I think. This is the same way Rand was with Loyal as well, where he was kind of awkwardly standing there for too long, you know, thrusting his sword out for way too long. And the dark one like grabs his sword and doesn't grab it, just kind of casually, you know, fiddles with it. Rand doesn't give any kind of um, of any kind of give back to that, but points out the hair and mark blade. Talks about Rand's dad, the pleasant sheep herder. You really think that's your dad? Hmm? Dad or lack thereof? Am I right? You're right. <laughs> uh, but I don't think this was bad direction. I think this is also implying that Rand himself also thinks he is a boy who's biting off more than he can chew. Like, he doesn't know what to do in this situation. You remember, I don't know if this is before or this is before when Moraine was saying, when you face the dark one, you'll grab the source. You'll know what to do. Obviously, that's not the case because he's pretty like, you know, he's basically stunned in place. He's like, a I don't know. He, does, he doesn't react well. <laughs> I, I think it's because he knows it's a dream. Yeah, maybe so. Um, yes, he does. Absolutely. Cause you don't go around Harry carrying yourself (laughs) unless you're absolutely 100% sure it's a dream. So I'm glad that Rand was dreaming. I like how he woke up and they had the exact same dialogue. Um, and he doesn't believe a word he says. I love that too. (laughs) We didn't, I, I like how we didn't have to go through like a longer exposition when she was like, what did he say to you? And he was like, I just didn't believe it. Straight up. I ain't got to tell you because it's just a bunch of bullshit. (laughs) That's what a lot of conversation can be boiled down to. So what did you guys talk about? Ah, just a bunch of bullshit. Mm -hmm, Okay, mm -hmm. cool. (laughs) Our podcast could be three minutes long, James. You realize this. (laughs) We watch a TV show. Yep, we liked it. Bye-bye. It also could be seven and a half hours long. Yeah, we fall, I, th- I think we're doing the right thing. We're falling like right in between. Between mm-hmm, three minutes mm-hmm. and seven hours, you'll find an hour-long podcast. And that's where we've hit upon. That's yep. our stride. Yep. We're original that way. There's not a whole lot of hour-long podcasts out there. And we kind of dominate that market. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, the Dark One's asking Rand, like, so what's, this is your plan? Like, last time you battled me, you were Luz Theron Telemann and you brought 99 companions with you. This time you're just bringing this one weak woman. <laughs> so I think that's kind of like uh, interesting that, that that that's pointed out that he's just got a fool like because he, he calls him me. The dragon reborn this time around is just a fool. Um, Moraine, though, does kind of have a half a plan. Um, she tells or she doesn't tell. She gives Rand this this say angry 
um, that little statue that will sangria, (laughs) sangria, (laughs) and it'll increase his drunkenness by 100 times. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, that's a little handy little thing to have. Um, I, I don't know why she didn't pull that out before now, but now we get to see that he has a, a talisman that can give him more power. I'm glad. That's some D and D RPG bullshit. Like, yeah, if you if you put on this belt, it'll make you as right. strong as a fire giant. <laughs> they thought the dragon was Egwene. You know, did um, you told me that you got spoiled? This is like maybe back in episode five. You were like, I got spoiled. I know who the dragon is. Did you just figure that out, or did you happen upon it online? Online because you were like, he has red hair in the book. So when I searched Rand books, the picture that comes up is like him clearly being the dragon. I'm like, okay, (laughs) but I forgot that I got that spoiled. So you are just reminding me, oh, yeah, I got that spoiled. But it's also like so – It's just like, well, of course he's the dragon. Like, I wanted it to be anyone else (laughs) besides Rand. They did really push the narrative that it was a Gwaine, I thought. I thought they did an okay job of doing that. I guess not. I don't know. Um, No. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Or maybe Nynaeve. I mean, it seemed like it was pointing towards her at at the end of episode four, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. but yeah, and especially because it's also, it's it's a woman's world. So you would think that the dragon might be a woman, especially now that we found out that the the man used to be Aes Sedai, so it could very well be that a woman could be the dragon this time around. But nah, it's the white dude. It's fine. <laughs> um, hmm. What's my next note about the blight? We're still here. Oh yeah, they hear the Trollocs running through at some point. And we know there's about... Five to 10,000. That's Moraine's best guess. Um, we find out that the there's, well, no, I was going to say that we found out that there's dark friends in the city that are allowing passage to these Trollocs, but we come up mm-hmm. on that later. Um, but as for, you know, Rand and Moraine, like Rand's like, what do we do? Moraine's like, well, we're doing the right thing. We go battle the Dark One because the Dark One is in charge of the Trollocs. We don't go chase after the Trollocs. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm glad that was pointed out because, uh, yeah, it does seem like Rand's knee-jerk reaction was to go let Mar- let everybody know the Trollocs were coming. But instead, he should just forge ahead on your path. <laughs> uh, they arrive at the Eye and Rand knows this place. It looks cool. I got to admit, yeah. they did a good job with this. Better than the I, blight. <laughs> I wrote down, because he says, I know this place, dot, dot, dot. It's my dad. <laughs> this is it's just my like dad. a gaping black hole. <laughs> that kind of makes sense, because <laughs> it'll match his person. He got he got his dad's personality. <laughs> uh, so Moraine insinuates that, sh- that she's walking down to her death. And Rand's like, yeah, stay here then. Don't come with me. She's like, nope, I'm going to lead the way. Um, We do get a little cut to that Lan is following after them at some point. Um, But we'll come back to that later. Mm -hmm. Uh, They make it down to the bottom of the eye. Must have walked down a bunch of stairs, I guess. And they don't know what the the purpose of this place is. Straight up, no clue. Um, I believe... That it was made as a prison for the Dark One, and that's why it's there. And um, but for her, she's just like we. Nobody knows why it's here. It's just here. 
Because um, Dark Friends burnt all the stuff that pertained to it within the White Towers library. Ah, yes. Just like in Star Wars. <laughs> Does that happen? Well, you know, they go into the Jedi's archives and, and fiddle with some stuff. Not okay. dark, not dark friends, but Sith lords. You know, all right, kind of the Th- same that, thing. That's in a uh, Jedi Knight two or Je- no Dark Forces <laughs> two Jedi Knights. Maybe I don't know. I don't know either. Mysteries of the Sith, the expansion pack. <laughs> Let's see. Oh yeah, so Rand starts seeing some visions down there. He sees. Um, at first, he gives like these real. I, I hate when somebody you ask them to describe a dream and they're saying, "Oh, it was." Just things kept going in and out, and it was crazy, and it was wild. It's like, you're not telling me anything about the dream. You're, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just telling me general statements here. But Rand finally tells her, yes, I see the battle. I see the Dark One. That's him. I see Luz Theron. That's this other guy in black, and I guess that's me. And they're battling, and he touches the ground. Uh, well, first, he like points out the symbol, the Aes Sedai symbol at the bottom, which I don't know how they didn't notice that as they were walking down, but... That nice little uh, yin-yang symbol. It's cool. Uh, he reaches down to touch that symbol and f- suddenly finds himself transported away. Um, how much of this did you watch? I'm still up to here. I Right after this scene is when I stopped when all the – you okay. see through the gap all the trollics starting to come up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I saw and I wrote down, that's the baby. The vision he saw was, do you stay in this reality or do you fight the dark one? And I guess, you know, he's going to stay in this reality because that's what the seer saw. Well, yeah, well, that's what you're that's what we're seeing so far. If that's as far as you got, the last thing I wrote down was uh, Rand is limp while he is inside of the alternate reality. Did you see um, any battling between Moraine and the Dark One? Just when he said, oh, the feeling that it's so close to you, you can feel it on your fingertips, but you can't channel. Oh, you saw all that then? Okay, yeah, yeah let's dive into that then. Yeah, uh, while he's sitting there, you know, they it's a real quick battle. Moraine tries to, to attack him, but he immediately attacks back. And doesn't just attack. It looks like he is about to shield her. But yeah, he he basically stills her because she says that he says the one power is right there, but she can't touch it. Um, that seems like game over. Correct. Like she's just a woman now with no power. No, he he's pulling it from her. Not like it's so close. I don't think it's completely removed from her. That's my guess. Okay. All right. Well, we'll watch on for next week, I suppose, then. (laughs) All right. So that's as far as we're going to go with Rand and the guys. I'm going to back up a little bit and we'll say a little bit about the rest of the gang. Um, Egwene and Perrin, let's back up to them. That's towards the beginning of this episode. Uh, You know, they're pretty upset that he's left and not sure what to do. I like the fact that um, you don't see this a whole lot where... Perrin like admits his love for his friend. He's like, Mm -hmm. you know, she's like, I love Rand. He's like, yeah, I love him too. I like the fact that those words came out of his mouth. And I like that. She said, you know, are we okay? And he's like, of course we're okay. And so we see, we leave them right now as buddies again, which I like. 
I hope that sticks this time because they've had a conversation about it. They've already got the awkward shit out of the way. Mm -hmm. So hopefully they can continue being friends now. And that's how it looks. You think so? What do you think is going to happen with these guys? I don't remember any of that part. All I remember <laughs> is uh, Nanive and Lan saying, we need to find them. And then she says, well, when I was looking for you in the forest, when I found you, I wasn't tracking you. I was actually tracking her. She has a tell. And he mm -hmm. says, well, tell me the tell. And then <laughs> that's why he goes off on his own. Oh, we should have sponsored Telltale this week. <laughs> Would have been a good time to do so. Telltale Games? No, no, the um, the band that I featured with uh, Bryce Marshall oh. a couple weeks back. Uh, yeah, so a kind of an oddball conversation here they have after the hotel. And a lot of this dialogue is, is straight from the books. They did a great job with that. Um, she says, you know, a wisdom never weds, but if she goes to the White Tower, then dot, dot, dot. And he's all like, you'll be hooking up with somebody else and I'm going to hate him, but I'm going to love him because he loves you. And I'm mm -hmm. like, wait a second. Why isn't it just you, dude? What the fuck? <laughs> but I guess there there is this division like because of his honor, because of his uh, being a warder to Moraine, who arguably is the most important Aes Sedai in the world right now, that he has other duties to fulfill, fulfill I suppose. Mm-hmm. I don't see any reason why they can't, you know, keep this going. Do you? Or because he, th maybe he was insinuating like in the afterlife, I will hate this guy and also <laughs> love him because uh, maybe he thinks he's going to not come back. Yeah. I, yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. She. It seemed like she was kind of keeping like an open door for him. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not going to be a wisdom so I can get married to whoever I want. And he should have gone with that and been like, yeah, cool. See you when I get back. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, where are we now? Nynaeve? It's yeah, go ahead. going to the bar to see the seer, right? Uh, not quite yet. First, okay. they, they got to talk to Nynaeve first. They got to listen to the wind. Remember they tried that again? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nynaeve can't hear shit. Egwene, though, can hear lots of stuff. She says it's even louder than it was last time. Um, so that ain't good. <laughs> oh, and then I think now we're going to, yeah, exactly. You were just, you were just 30 seconds early. That's all. Uh, I love, yeah, I love the dialogue that begins this conversation. They come, they say, Hey, we need to talk in sh the seer. What's her title? Men. Oh, well, uh, but is she a seer? Yes. Okay, okay, so I, I've been saying it right. She goes, fancy a drink, and then Perrin goes, it's not even noon. And she goes, you're the one in the bar. <laughs> like, that's, what, I'm doing my job. I, I absolutely love that as well. It's the equivalent of going to, like, the grocery store on Thanksgiving and say, why are y'all open today? <laughs> it's because mm -hmm. you're here. <laughs> But um, yeah, someone at Burger King did that. They were like, oh, uh, you guys shouldn't be open on, on Thanksgiving. I was like, then don't fucking come into the drive through. You're <laughs> the reason why we're open. If you didn't come, if zero people showed up, then next year they probably wouldn't open. Yep. <laughs> they started doing that with Black Friday. They were like, oh, it's going to be so busy. And then no one showed up that like two years in a row. Right. And then they were like, oh, everyone has to go to, you know, the Burger King right inside the mall practically. That's where you should be going. <laughs> I mean, it's right there, I suppose. 
Um, yeah, but yeah, they see men again and she has new visions. Um, she sees a really disturbing vision of Nynaeve. Um, I'm sure you caught that. Mm-hmm. And the three men behind her as well. Uh, no good. Uh, but I wanted to bring up some rules, some hard, fast rules that we now have because men says, you know, my visions always come true, whether they're good or bad. And you know how stories, in, in order for stories, especially fantasy stories to work, they have to have rules within their system. It can't just be, oh, it's fantasy, it's magic. You have to have rules in there. That's one of our rules is that if men sees a vision, it's going to come true. That's a hard rule. Another hard rule is Aes Sedai's cannot lie. So that that's another rule that you have to keep in mind all the time. And the third one is that men who channel will eventually go mad, will eventually go crazy. So there's just three things to keep in mind when like watching the show or reading the books that you can always count on. I mean, within story, you can always count on that. And the only way they could break these rules is if to do it in some way that serves the story. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They can't just like men's not going to have a vision that's not going to come true. It's yeah. just not going to happen. Because this that baby thing either is going to come true with Rand by oh he saw the vision. That's what the baby thing is. No, no, no. It's he's going to succeed, and then they will ha- get married, have a child. I liked your other idea because. I was uh, I wasn't prepared to see Rand with a baby because I don't remember that being his vision in the book. So that was new to me, too. And when you said that that baby Rand was holding was the baby from the beginning of the episode that was Mm -hmm. born, Rand is holding himself. This is the wheel of time that made the most sense to me out of anything. So I'm agreeing with you what you said last week. (laughs) Hey. things are up for interpretation they are i like that's what i like about it and i think that's another reason to enjoy this show too whether or not you you love the books or not because it's a different story so you don't know what's going to happen like Mm -hmm. this wife thing didn't exist in the books um this thing with matt certainly did not happen in the books uh anyway um i'm gonna switch over to our new friends uh this is lord agomar and lady Alyssa brother and sister. Uh, they have this, you know, kind of, I don't know if you followed this conversation or this conversation made sense to you, but basically, um, he wants his own armor and she's like, you should wear the armor that, that our forefathers have wore for every bottle, every battle. And he says, no, I need my armor. But then he kind of turns the tables and says, I'm going to guard the gate while you guard the city because that's what we have done for thousands of years. So it's like in one situation, he wants tradition and the other situation he does not, but it's clear that these two are, are aware that they're about to die Mm -hmm. and they're aware that their job is to hold back the forces as much as possible and to warn the rest of the world. So these are your superheroes right here. I mean, mm-hmm. look at his cape with that raven on the back. This is your superheroes. So we like them a lot, or at least I yeah. do. <laughs> I So for the armor thing, actually, I'll, I'll say this. Like, the Shinar are truly what everyone should strive to be, being selfless and putting the greater good ahead of their own personal gains and even safety in life. Mm. But I think... When he said 
this isn't our battle to win. It is the people after us. He might be saying, I this is a losing battle. If I go in with this armor that our people have always been using, it will be lost to time. Oh. But if I keep it here, the people who will defend us after or defend the world after us our ancestors will still be able to use this armor maybe that's what he was going after yeah good call okay um now we do see his armor come into play later on the episode but you have not gotten that far yet no but i did write down Chekhov's armor something's gonna happen with it (laughs) thank you good job (laughs) My, my last note is them finishing this up and then they they do like a business salute you watch tim and eric right um, not religiously, but yeah, I've seen, I've seen most of them. There's the business hug yes. seminar and they just like do a little <laughs> pat on the back. They, 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 that's how they salute each other. They go pet, pet right on the chest. Pet, pet. I liked it. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. So we see this Trolloc army approaching, um, you know, yeah. Like I said, Aglomar is going to lead his guys to the gate. They're going to hold it up. Our badass women are going to be in the city. Like we said, you know, women are warriors in this world. They're definitely equal. But also on top of that, any woman who can channel, come help us, please. They put a call out to everybody who can channel. We're going to need some help with this crap. So we see men, she leaves, men as in M-I-N, men. <laughs> we see her and a bunch of other people leaving. These are people who are not going to be fighting. Um, we see the warriors digging up something in the throne room. Um and we also hear the call for women who can channel. Uh, oh, yeah. They, it looks like it's going to be a crossbow battle. I see lots of crossbows, which is great. I know Rand has his two rivers bow, which he's excellent with. But crossbows, I think, are going to be better for Trollocs. Um, the channelers all gather. And Perrin, meanwhile, is hanging out with Loyal. Well, I, this is, we, we need to stop. I, the, I've, I haven't seen any of this. Oh, okay. Uh, the, the last thing I see is the Trollocs like starting, like it's a scene where you look, see them from behind in the like tunneled gap. And then that's it. That's 28 some minutes in. Okay. Well, that's definitely our stopping point then. I'm not going to go any further at this point. I was um, like, St- Steve, I, I told you where I stopped. Why, why are you going more? Because <laughs> I have notes <laughs> through the very end of the episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's cool. Did you have any uh, notes that we uh, didn't go over? Nope. Okay. Well, that's the episode then. Um, that was, we're going to g- keep going into episode eight next week. Uh, I did want, it is time I can read you this though, James, if I can get my phone open. I found something really fun on Reddit. And again, I was going to read this next week, but I think this week is appropriate because it doesn't spoil anything. Um, This is all stuff that you already know. This is someone posted on the Wheel of Time board on Reddit. If Harry Potter had been sent to TV the way that Wheel of Time had been sent to TV, these are the things that we would have seen in the Harry Potter saga. Okay, um, it says, first off, if Harry Potter had been, okay, Hogwarts is now a college. All the characters are college-aged. There's a lot of mystery over who is the prophesized person who can defeat Voldemort. Nobody knows. It could be Harry, Neville, Hermione, or Ron. And to keep the mystery going, all four characters get equal screen time. 
but Dumbledore is the main character. <laughs> um, Ron is married. He accidentally kills his wife in the first episode. No. <laughs> Wait. There's a, yeah. No, you can't do that. It would have to be Harry because Ron marries Hermione, right? Yeah, but um, in in the Harry Potter world, of course, we know that it ends up being Ran. So Ron is going to represent oh, okay. Perrin here. So we have why not uh, Neville. I don't know, but that's just what this person wrote. So we're going to go with it. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's a romantic scene featuring Dumbledore and Nicholas Flamel, which I love that, you know, the founder of Hogwarts and Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's powers go from zero to 100 automatically. If you have just learned to levitate, you can now levitate a whole house. <laughs> Um, let's see. Hagrid appears in one episode and is never seen again. (laughs) No one wears pointy hats. Um, and then Ron walks away from the group while they're looking for the Sorcerer's Stone and he's never seen again. (laughs) But that also doesn't make sense because it would have been Rand or, or like, yeah. Yeah. It would be the Perrin character who killed the wife stays and then the matt character you're right you get this you get the spirit of this thing though right i mean it's it's that much different between the books and i i I loved that post i mean i don't know where their heart was but they were absolutely right they did say something else too they said um and i didn't get this it says harry and jenny have a one-night stand and then harry dumps her I don't get that at all. I don't know who the Jenny is supposed to be, maybe Egwene, but they don't have a one night stand and Rand doesn't dump anybody. I have no idea what that insinuation is. I mean, if you had, no, because even in the first episode, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. There, there is no Jenny stand in here because nobody's sister is a main character. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you throw out the sister stuff, uh, because there's also not a Nynaeve character within this right like whole one for one (laughs) yep it's not exactly a one for one but i totally get the spirit of it and i loved it (laughs) the end (laughs) but yeah that's our week for this week i was going to ask you at the beginning of the episode and now i'm going to ask you at the end of the episode it's our kitty cat corner how's butter doing she's doing fine she's acclimated into the apartment oh good uh, her and socks at it's just at some times they'll they'll not like each other or <laughs> act like that. I don't we don't know if it's spite or them just playing. Yeah, they're just getting used to each other. They're, they're testing boundaries. They're going to do that for months, probably. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they hang out in the same room together now. And yeah. I mean, not, not hang out together, but yeah, they're they're in each other's presence for no. like all day. Right. They're hanging. They're eating Cheetos, playing PlayStation <laughs> and uh, occasionally drinking some Bud. All right. <laughs> not smoking some Bud. <laughs> no, drinking Bud Light. Oh, hell yeah. You feed your cats Bud Light, huh? That's wonderful. I don't... I don't feed... They... <laughs> they're adults, okay? Well, Butter isn't, but Socks is. Yeah. I was... Um, yeah, I was worried about that, too, because... Uh, uh, again, yeah, my head got away from me. When you talked about Bud Light, it totally threw my brain through a different loop. So we'll just leave with that. With a little cute little kitty cats drinking Bud Light. And, yeah, good to have you on another episode, James. You're always here, and I'm grateful for that um what you got you you uh, uh, that's what do my, I have that, to that, plug is what you're asking <laughs> i'm assuming 
<laughs> no, I said, what you got? <laughs> MLMPod.com. Find out information about my other podcasts. You can also download my music under Marshland Monster over there or wherever music is found. Got a new single with Howard Kramer, a.k.a. Dragon Boy Suede, coming out within a month or so. It's called Indica Inch. And... Head over to patreon.com forward slash MLM pod for the best way to support my friends and I. Yes. I listen to your plugs and I always check out all your stuff. I hope the listeners do the same thing too. You got me. I'm Steve. You can find my stuff on Introvoid, on Rebecca Crow. Uh, you can check out my Substack. I haven't written anything in a while, but something's coming up. Just like James, I have a song coming out probably like within probably sooner than a month. Actually, I'm farther along in the process. It's called "Win Lord Win," and that'll be coming out. Who knows when? When Lord Win will my song be coming out? I don't know, but it will be. So that's us at Sweet Child of Time. Thank you for listening once again. I've lost my voice just in time, James. This is where we're going to end the podcast, and I'm going to honestly say to you that I hope there in the town of Chicago, I hope you find plenty of clean, fresh water and plenty of nice shade. Back at you, sir. We got it in Virginia. Okay, everybody have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye.